you guys to take note that you should write this down as you get started. If you're a note taker, that you should write down that today, Pastor Brandon did not forget to turn his mic on. (laughs) I got it. Ten years of doing this, and I got it right this time. But anyways, uh, and Pastor Andrew and myself have been preaching on parables for the last few weeks now. Um, I started off about three weeks ago um, on, on, on how Christianity is all about being forgiven much. You do not understand Jesus Christ, his mission, his death, his resurrection, his word that's given to us. If you do not understand that he came into this world to redeem it. And when you read the scriptures, if you think it's about being good and living your best life, you've missed it all. Okay? Christianity and the scriptures and Jesus Christ is about us being redeemed. It's about us being forgiven much. Then the week after I preached that message, I, I preached on, on, on another parable where we saw that since we have been forgiven much, we are called to forgive much, right? Because we have been forgiven of our horribleness, our sinfulness, our pride, our, our anger, our, our lust, our envy, our greed, all those things. Since we have been forgiven of all those things, we are called to forgive other people in the same manner that we ourselves have been forgiven. And this is tough. This is tough for us. We are a people group who want much mercy given to us, but we are also a people group that wants much, much justice given to other people. Mercy for me, justice for you, right? And the scriptures call us to be a forgiving group of people. And then last week, Pastor Andrew came up here and he preached on the, on, 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 uh, the Good Samaritan and how we are called to love our neighbor. And, and, and he talked about when we're called to love our neighbor, we're called, um, when we love anyone, we never ask the question, how little can I love them and still love them? It is about loving other people the way Christ has loved us. And today what I want to do is we're going to continue on more another parable, but this parable calls us to, um, to be generous with something. It calls us to be loving. And I think the way, one of the ways that we show the people that we're loving is by giving to them that which we have been given, and that is God's word. And, and how, how we're called to just be generous and share it. So before we start, let me ask you a quick question. What is something that you're generous with? Don't answer out loud. I want you to think in your head. Is there something that you're generous with? Are are you generous with your time? Are you generous with your actions? Maybe, maybe, are you generous with with the gifts that you've been given? Are Are you generous with forgiveness? Maybe are you generous by opening up your house and allowing people to come in? Are you a generous person? Let me go back to the sermon from, a few, from three, three weeks ago one more time. 
Let's look at the parable of the unmerciful servant. And in that parable, we talked about how the ruler, who was God, was so generous when it came to forgiving his servants of their debt. The ruler doesn't extend this guy more time. He doesn't extend this guy a lower interest rate. No, he generously forgives this man of his debt. That message was about being generous and gracious um, and how he is and how we are generously and graciously forgiven. And that led me to think about what, what we're generous with. We should be generous with lots of different aspects of our life. And that's not like one of those cheap questions that you answer like quickly. It's one of those ones that should, maybe you should think through and let it, let it pierce your heart and your mind and your soul. Now, before we get into our text today, I want to share with you a little story about my life. I've shared portions of my testimony with you before. Um, I, I'm, I'm just going to share a short piece of it, okay? Because it, is, it references, it, it speaks to the text that we're going to be talking about today. I want to share about you with you about the day that I became a Christian. I was sitting by a campfire on a 90-degree day which makes absolutely no sense. A man walks up to me and he starts to make small talk with me. I remember him clearly to this day. And, and it's funny because uh, he was wearing a Cardinals hat and I was wearing something, I think it was a t-shirt and it had some Cubs logo on it. And he's like, hey, you might have to sit down and talk to you for a little bit. And I said, sure, man, sit down, let's talk. So we're talking about sports, and, and really what I thought the reason why he was coming to, to sit down by me for was because I thought, this guy wants to be here as much as I do. He doesn't want to be here. I don't want to be here. We can have a pity party around this fire in 90 degree days. And we sit down, and we're talking about sports and, and stuff, and, and, and at this time, I think I'm, I'm, I'm in between my freshman and sophomore year of high school, and then all of a sudden, he just says this, 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 this question to me. He says, hey, can I ask you a question? I'm like, sure. We went from sports to this. If you were to die today, would you go to heaven or hell? And I was like, what? <laughs> it was probably the first time in my life that I'd ever thought about this question. And I looked at the guy, and I said, heaven. And he says, why? And I said, because I'm a good person. We're going to get into more of that in a minute. And he looks at me and he says, your best is a dirty rag to God. At this time in my life, I was one who hung out with gangbangers and, and more. And, and, and I was, I was, I'm going to share more about that after I read the text. But I remember just thinking, I want to beat this guy alive right now. <laughs> Like, I just want to beat him up. And I said to him, what makes you so great? What makes you so great? And he looked at me and he said, nothing. It's not about me. It's about Jesus Christ and all that he's done for me. And then he proceeded to tell me about the Father's love for us and how Jesus Christ came to be our perfect sacrifice. And as he kept on talking, I want you to know something. It was the very first time I'd ever heard the name Jesus Christ in my life. 
I had never heard this name. I had never heard this story before. I've been in churches, but I'd never heard this story. And as he was telling me about all that Jesus did for me, I just kept on saying this. I want that. I want that. I want it. Let's pray, and then we're going to look at our text. If you would like to follow along in the Bible, you can. It's going to be on uh, page 865. It's going to come from Luke chapter 8. But, of course, it will be on the screen behind us as well. But let's pray. Uh, Dear Lord Jesus, we just pray that your word would speak to our hearts, our minds, our souls today, Lord. May we hear about how good you are to us, about how gracious and, 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 and compassionate God is to us and for us. May your word speak to us. In your name we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 8. It's not chapter 7. I put the wrong thing in my PowerPoint. So there you go. Here he goes. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow a seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled upon. The birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants out. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, He called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. A few verses later, he explains the parable. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in time, the testing, in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked out by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. That's our text. So I ask you guys, as, as we get started here, for a person who has never, before I'd ever heard the word of God preached, what type of soil would I have been? Like, if someone were to look at me and give me the eyeball test, which type of soil would they have labeled me as? Rocky? The path? Who knows, but you know what the thing about it is? It's, it's that we are not called to be people who test soil. God, in nowhere in the scriptures, calls us to be people who, who study dirt. He calls us to be seed throwers. The type of soil that I was was this. I was one who did drugs. I drank. I was an adulterer. I was a very, very good, some would call gifted thief. I was angry. I was violent. I could fight like there was no tomorrow. 
I was a minority. I grew up in, in, in I think my school was 8% white, which means it lent itself to me being picked on because I was shorter. And, 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 and my mentality back then was, say something and I'm going to punch you. So I grew up differently than how I'd want my kids to hear, see, and portray me. I was poor, I was broken to the eye, to the human eye, I honestly believe this. I think to most people I was junk. So what type of path was I? Let me give you a couple more people real quick here. Two weeks ago I preached on on Luke chapter 7 when I did that message on, on Christianity is about being forgiven much. And there's two people in that story, right? One of them's a Pharisee. One of them is, is somebody who, who, who learns the scriptures, who participates in, in his faith, in his religion. He, he, he's a teacher. He lives amongst the people. The people look at him and they think highly of him. And then in that same story, we have an adulterous woman who comes and falls at the feet of Jesus. She is known for her lifestyle. She is known for how she makes money. She is known for the evil way that she makes money. You have two different types of soil there. And by the eyeball test, which one is the soil that the seed is going to stick with? Right? The Pharisee does all the right things. The adulterous woman is known for all the wrong things. Which soil does each of them represent? But this parable is very interesting. Here we have Jesus who comes into contact with lots of different people. It says at the beginning of the chapter that Jesus is traveling around from town to town proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. His words are being spread. Seeds are being thrown, right? And people are hearing it. And the spreading of the good news is happening. And then Jesus tells this parable, which is, which is all about how the word of God is being given to people freely and how it's being received. And let me say it this way, not just received, but how it's being rejected. Because when the word goes out, it's already gone out. It's been gifted. It's gone. It's not about the re, how it's received. It's about how it's rejected. When we look at this text, there's, there was, there was the seed given to four different types of soil? Right? This text is about how three types of soil rejected it and one received it. It's part of the reason why I believe more in a, and then we'll get to this another time, but a rejection theology. I believe that God is gracious and generous and gives his word to the masses, to everyone. But it's about how it gets rejected so often. And, 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 and he comes in, and we see these four different outcomes, right? And he tells us this parable to a group of people who have come to hear him speak, and the large crowd gathers, and, and Jesus basically says, you will hear this word, and, and you will hear what I am sharing with you, and you will either accept what I am saying, or you will reject it. So we see Jesus is out there sharing, and, and, and some seed falls on the, on, the, on the hard soil, some and it gets trampled on and walked on. And because of this, the seed wasn't able to embed itself into the soil. And because the soil did not take the seed, birds came and ate it up. This is the person who hears the word. And before the word sinks and it starts to, 
It doesn't really get a chance to grow. Words that are different, that's what happens. People hear other words and they reject the one of life. The heart doesn't believe the lie that, 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 that there's a need for Jesus. I think I hear, see that a lot. You know, we, we, we share the word of God, it goes forward, and it's quickly just disregarded. I'm a good person. I don't have sin. I don't even think sin's real. I don't think there's consequences for sin. The heart believes the lie that there can't be a true and holy and perfect God. Because look at all the bad that goes on around us in this world. Yes, look at all the bad things that go on. Murder, rape, child abuse, theft. It, it just it keeps on going. And I agree that this world is messed up. But it doesn't make sense to say that you can't believe in God because a bunch of sinless people are so painful and hurtful to others. That should actually point us to who God is. God is the opposite of who we are, who, the opposite of who man is. Man's sinfulness rejects Jesus' righteousness every day. And this is the message of Jesus Christ. This is the reason he died and came into this world, because of all of our brokenness. There are many reasons for the path to be so hard that the seed gets rejected. Think of the number of people who reject God and his word because they see things differently or they see the way Christians act or the things Christians do. And they think that Christians are hypocrites, but really they're not hypocrites. Christianity is about messing up and getting forgiveness. Jesus says the ground has been trampled so the seed didn't take and the birds came and ate it. The second type of soil says that the seed fell on the rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. This is where I want you to start to picture that large group of people who were there and listening to Jesus. Those who hear the word, those who see the miracles, those who see things and, and are filled with joy, but eventually they walk on. They receive it with joy, but their roots don't get in deep enough. Then it says their faith was tested, they wilted, and they died. Hardships, opposition, possible death. I thought uh, this was a, a movement that fed the poor and gave medical help to those in need. And when it doesn't become that, they're ready to move on from who Jesus is. I wasn't ready for the opposition that comes with following Jesus. This is like the person or family that clings to Jesus, but when, when prayer isn't answered, they get mad and they blame him. They see him as their hope as long as he's on top and as long as things go their own way. But the second doesn't go their way, they dump him. And you know what the problem with this is? That makes Jesus not a God. It makes Jesus a genie. And Jesus is not a genie. He's a savior. He's a creator. But because they weren't rooted, they wilted under the heat. Scripture says, consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials. Nowhere in the Christian faith do we see this, this, this fake picture of the second that you come to Christ, everything gets better. 
Matter of fact, it's probably the opposite. When you come to know who Jesus Christ is, things will probably get worse because you'll start to realize and see your sin for what it is. It's called conviction. It's called sanctification. Jesus explains as the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked out by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. Another way of looking at this is when Jesus says a person cannot have two masters, for he will love the one and despise the other. We see this in Luke 18 with the rich young ruler. The young man asked Jesus, what must I do to enter the kingdom of heaven? Hear those words, what must I do? That's often how we look at it. It isn't about what we do. It's about what he has done for us. It is about his word healing us of our sinfulness. And then there's the good soil, which, where Jesus says, still other seed fell on the good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And he explains it as, as but the good, and he says, but the, the seed in the good soil stands for those with a good and noble heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. These are the people who heard Jesus' words to them. They are the ones who hear Jesus' words and receive them. They hear the words, and these are tough words to hear and receive, but if you just hear them, they hear the words that say, you're a sinner and you need me to take away your sin. Those are powerful words for this reason. Because it's the truth of who we are inside of us. It's the truth that we all try to hide. No one gets up here and, 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 and preaches about all the ways they messed up and all the ways that they stink at life. No one Facebooks a daily about how horrible they are and how much they mess up, right? Like, who? I mean, we'd probably go and look at that Facebook page because it would be fun to watch in a sense, but no one takes pride in their daily failures. It hits us. It hits us in our heart. It hits us in our mind and our soul. So we put on a facade. We, we have this fakeness to us. But what Jesus says is this. What the good soil really is, it's those who hear these words that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. And Jesus says, I want to be that Savior. That's the good soil. These are the people who hear Jesus' words to them. And they receive them. I'm not going to talk too much more about the good soil because I don't want anyone in here to think that they're special and they get a big head. If you get a big head in anything, it should be this, that Jesus Christ loves you. We see in this parable that there's something special about this farmer. How many, I know we have some farmers or farmers' wives in here, right? Yeah? How many farming families do we have in here? People who farm. Okay, they're halfway raising their hand. They're almost embarrassed. <laughs> I know there's way more of you guys who farm. If you're a farmer and you're throwing your seed on a hard, rocky path, and then you're throwing your, your seeds where all the, 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 we, the weeds are, and then you're throwing it on tough soil and all the other stuff, and then you plant some seed on some good soil, 
You know what the, the, the average person would say about that farmer? He's stupid. <laughs> he planted his seed in three places where he should not have done that. He's not a very good farmer. But the difference is in this parable, this. The farmer's God. And God is a gracious and, and giving and sacrificing God. He's the one who's, who's trying to give his word to everyone. He wants all people to come to a knowledge of who he is. And then we see that in this parable that Christ is calling us to be like him. And, 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 and he knows more than us. See, I can look at you and you can hide your ways from me. You can hide, you can act like you have the best marriage ever. You can act like you're the best father ever. I'm probably around you for two or three hours a week at the most. Okay? You can pretend all you want when you're in front of all your friends. And people can think you're great. But Jesus is calling us not to be people who are looking to share his word with the best soil. But Jesus is calling us to be a people group who want to share his word with everyone. Because Jesus Christ has a heart for all of them. Nobody in this world would have bet any money that when some stranger wearing a hat that says the St. Louis Cardinals would walk up to me and change my life for eternity. Isn't that nuts? I wanted to beat him up. <laughs> I don't say that tongue-in-cheek, like literally like it almost happened. <laughs> but it's all about what Jesus has done for us. He is a gracious and giving Savior who says, come to me, you who are broken and burdened, and I will give you rest. Nowhere in the words of Jesus does it talk about you giving yourself rest, you picking yourself up by your bootstraps, you being good enough. Everything is about Jesus being plenty good for you and for me. Amen? Amen.